I'm Sam Cartina, owner of Nourish Lift Repeat. And I'm Caitlin Allen, owner of Self Love Nutritionist. We are both registered dietitians on a mission to empower women to find food freedom and self-love. We are so excited for you to join us today on the Self-Love Hour podcast. All right. Hi, everyone. We are here with Jen Elliott today. We're going to be talking all about food rules and the food police and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, we're excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, if um, a lot of you, I don't know if you know, but I like, I'm a big fan of Jen and her work and she's so positive and forward thinking and very inspirational. But Jen, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit more of an introduction about your philosophy and like what you do and kind of what's led you into this uh, space. My name is Jen. So I am a certified intuitive eating counselor and I help women essentially learn how to stop painting their bodies and work intuitive eating into their life in a way that makes sense. So I started in industry about seven-ish years ago as a personal trainer and got there after a series of gut issues and fell in love with personal training and still wanted a little bit of kind of nutrition component on the side. And then as I continued to work through my relationship with my body and food and all of that, I found intuitive eating and I freaking loved it. And so then I started sharing it with my clients and officially became a certified counselor, I want to say at the beginning of this year. And so I work primarily one-on-one with women, um, do a little bit of group stuff, do a little bit of personal training on the side as well still, but specifically working with women, like I said, to help them learn how to stop painting their bodies and fit intuitive eating into their lives in a way that makes sense. I work with a lot of women that they've left diet culture. They really enjoy intuitive eating, but they're having this kind of disconnect on how can I really fit this into my life? Like, you know, having specific questions on different principles and how it fits in there. And they really just kind of want to find this middle ground. So that's kind of a sweet spot. And I I love doing that. So I love that. I just have a question for you. So you know how you said that you were a personal trainer before, What kind of made you decide to go the intuitive eating route as opposed to like the traditional fit, like fitnessy type route, if that makes sense? Yeah. So that is a great question. So I did go the fitnessy route in the beginning. Um, I was definitely very much like, did not have the greatest relationship with exercise when I first started doing personal training. And so I had to learn on my own kind of how to shift my view of what exercise was, what movement was, what that looked like for me. Um, And as I continued to learn more about intuitive eating as well, I think that really informed how not only I approach exercise, but also how I approach exercise with my clients. Um, And I became a corrective exercise specialist a couple of years ago. And I think that all of that together really helped me make this shift to are my clients feeling okay? Are they able to, you know, move well, do functional movements, lift, you know, heavy weights, get strong and all of that, as opposed to what are their weight loss goals? How can I help them get there? And so I definitely also found through working at a gym that a lot of the women that I was seeing at the gym, their main issues were around food in their body. And so, um, I just continued to to work a little bit more on it and really fell in love with being able to help women through food and through learning how to appreciate their body because I think that exercise is very closely tied to that. And so once they can figure out food and exercise, then exer- or food and body image and exercise kind of 
comes into play and falls into place and, and flows a little bit more together. So. I love that. I love that so much. I love the whole like journey you've had to get to this place. I think it's very inspiring. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. it it's so true to just say that, you know, we've all come from these backgrounds of, you know, thinking about fitness and our bodies and food and kind of having this expectation going into it that this is what we think is the outcome and associate like this is a relationship I'm, you know, stepping into when I engage in exercise and hire a trainer and do things like that. It's like this expectation and it's like you're helping to change that conversation and opening to the idea that you can focus on exercise and food in a way that is, you know, makes sense and doesn't, I guess, make you feel like you're doing things wrong. It's all or nothing. It's, it's, you know, what makes sense to you and how it applies in your life. Like how you say it just, it helps to just broaden that conversation and get rid of that stigma. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely, you know, even through being on Instagram, I definitely found other trainers who kind of have my same philosophy and, and mindset and whatnot. And I think too, you know, I could, I could be the coach that gives the client like eat and I, I do not enjoy giving meal plans either, nor is it really within my scope of practice, but I could do something like that and say, we'll work out this much and do all of this. And like, maybe it would work for a minute, but like, it, it's almost like a bandaid, right? Like mm -hmm. there's clearly something else going on that's making you want to have these crazy weight loss goals or, you know, it's really making you want to work out really hard. It's like, let's figure out what that is. And then let's figure out a way for you to be able to enjoy exercise. And then again, like it almost takes the pressure off things kind of fall into place a little bit more in a way that fits your life, because if it doesn't fit your life, then you're not going to keep up with it, right? You should not be, you know, changing your life to fit your exercise routine. It should be, how can I fit this into my, my life in a way that makes sense? So. Yeah. I love that. Like, it's so important to delve deeper into what's actually going on instead of just covering everything up. That's why Sam and I both love intuitive eating and joint movement and all that good stuff too. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely like, harder work, but mm -hmm. yeah. I always tell clients, like, if you're willing to go there, you're going to see some awesome, awesome changes, but it's certainly not like butterflies and rainbows, you know, the whole time. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> no, it, it's a very hard process and, and, but it takes so much courage and having somebody just like you, you know, Jen, to uplift them in that way and show them that it's possible because you went through that journey is so inspirational. And, and, you know, that's, that's the type of coach that you want is one gets it and knows that, you know, I could give you a meal plan and that that won't fix what's actually going on deep inside. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Well, let's um, dive into our topic today and just kind of continue on with this conversation. So um, we're talking about food rules and that's one of the principles of intuitive eating is, you know, making peace with food and your relationship with food. So remove that guilt and that shame and a restriction around eating to allow yourself permission to eat foods and not feel so bad or, you know, thinking you shouldn't eat something or, you know, all or nothing type of, of thinking around food. And we deal with that a lot, you know, in our own journeys, but also with our clients and helping them through that, that process to basically neutralize all foods and learn that food is just food and you know not one food is better than the other yes there are foods more nutrition nutritionally dense than others but doesn't make them you know a moral good or bad food so john can you just talk more about you know how do you open the conversation about food rules with your clients how do you um, explain this to them and, and what that you know how they identify what a food rule is 
Yeah, for sure. So I like to identify food rule as kind of blanket. Like there's some kind of restriction around food, whether it's I'm only eating within a certain time frame, like intermittent fasting, right? Or like I'm only, I'm restricting a certain food group or a certain type of food, or I'm restricting the amount of food that I'm eating, like not eating a certain amount of calories um, or eating, you know, certain foods at only certain times. And so a lot of the clients that I work with have already done some work to identify what those food rules are. And I think when we start our intuitive eating journey, there's definitely those rules that are kind of like red flag. Like we know that there's, they're there, right? And like, we can kind of tackle those first. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, clients recognize as well that food rules, they're, they're keeping them stuck, right? Like they're keeping them stuck. There's some kind of like not great emotion attached to it, whether it's guilt or shame or feeling like we're cheating or, or whatever it may be. And so um, the way that I work with clients on this is, you know, we talk through like, okay, what do you think a food rule is for you? What does that look like in your life? How does that make you feel? You know, and kind of go through the whole the whole thing with that. And then we work on once we've kind of identified those food rules. Okay, how can we how can we break them for lack of a better phrase? How can we break them um, in a way that like again feels okay to them to where they're being challenged just a little bit to break that rule, but it's not like this. Uh, I want to say it's not. Um, the complete opposite sometimes, right? Like sometimes it's like we have to do this big overhaul and other times it's like, let's just slowly like kind of chip away and kind of shift shift that mindset a little bit, so. Yeah, that's great. I That's a really good explanation of it. It's, it's very personal, right? Because what we might mm-hmm. think is like a bad food or you know a food that we restricted might not be the same food that somebody else has. So really approaching it as an individual to an individual about what their food rules are and helping them identify that is really important in this journey because you can't just have like a blanket statement is, you know, allow yourself to eat these foods because to somebody, you know, it's, you know, maybe they eat it, but it's at a certain time. Like you said, there's other restrictions around it or it's not even that food. It's a different food that they learned in the past that they can't, they shouldn't have, or can't keep it in the house. It's their, you know, maybe binge food or guilt food or comfort food that they're afraid to um, allow themselves to have. So it it is very um, important to do this work uh, one-on-one and really understand what that looks like for you. Right. Yeah, for sure. And even too, like you said, like good food, bad food, like binge food, guilt food, like there's definitely those foods that I think that we, we have that we know that's like, for some reason, this is off limits to me for whatever it may be. And so I think that's a good place to start is like those ones that you know, like that you can recognize pretty quickly. Um, Cause I honestly think I mean, even for me in my intuitive eating journey, like even as of recently the last like six to eight months, there was, I can't even remember. It was a food rule about gluten and dairy that was left over from like years ago that came up that I was like, Oh, didn't realize that that was still there. And like, you know, kind of had to work through that. So I think the other thing too, with the intuitive eating journey and food rules, like you may not get all of them at one time, right? They may come up again later and and whatnot, but at least you have the tools that you need to kind of handle it and, and move forward with it. So. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. It's like when they pop up at whatever situation, times of the year changes, different food, seasonal, like, you know, whatever the situation is in that to have those tools in the back in your back pocket to just like, Oh, I know what to do now because I've challenged rules before and I know how this feels and what the outcomes are. So yeah, that is, that's a good example. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Give me like an example then of like a, a client that, you know, maybe came to you 
that was struggling with breaking some food rules and is really finding it hard just to allow themselves to get started. Like, what would you tell that client if like they want to buy this food, but they can't, they're at the grocery store, they're looking at it, they're looking at it for like five minutes, but they won't let themselves you know, purchase it and bring it home or allow themselves to have it. What would you do in this situation? Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. So I always like to do some journaling prompts and to have my clients get curious. So I, w- I would ask, like, what do you feel like is holding you back from buying this food? Like, is there a voice that's saying I shouldn't buy this? Was it, you know, what exactly is going on behind your reasoning for not wanting to buy this food? And so we would talk through that a little bit. And then there's an activity, I actually think it's in the intuitive eating workbook, maybe, um, that I really love using with clients. And it's essentially, you know, setting them up to say, okay, whatever food you want it to be. So I'll just use an example from a, a previous client who was having pizza on a weekday instead of on a weekend, right? And so I was like, why don't we try this and see how it goes? So what she did was, you know, about a week in advance, I said, pick the day that you feel like you want to be able to enjoy pizza on a weeknight. And so she picked the day, she picked the type of pizza she want. She, you know, set up her, her kitchen. So it was like very inviting and comfortable. I actually think she ended up eating like in the living room or something like that. And kind of, you know, that her and her husband had a movie picked out for afterwards. And she really just set up, set up this environment of like, I feel safe. I feel okay. And before she, you know, ate the pizza, I I said, okay, journal a little bit. Like, how are you feeling? What's going on? And then when she was done, she did the same thing. Okay. How did I feel? What was this like? And just really got a little bit curious about what exactly was going on. And, And for that client in particular, it was like, it wasn't a big deal right? Like it was fun. It was, she didn't think that she thought it would be a bigger deal than it actually was. Right. And so doing something similar where a a client is creating a space where they feel safe and feel comfortable without distractions to be able to just sit and enjoy the food and then journal before and after kind of how they felt. And for some clients, I think the first time they do that, it can be really surprising and they can, you know, that they're okay with it for other clients. I think it takes a couple of times of doing that to be able to feel comfortable and confident and say, okay, like this food can be welcomed back into my life. Um, sometimes people don't want to do that, but I, th- I think the biggest thing is just creating that safe space and getting curious and sitting with your feelings about how, you know, what's going on with it. So. Yeah. I love the um, like encompassing of the space because that is so important. You know, if you're trying to break a food rule and you're surrounded by like family members yelling, or it's just an uncomfortable environment, that's going to impact how your relationship with that food is reformed. So I really like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it goes along with some other intuitive eating principles as well, you know, not having distractions around when you're eating it and whatnot too, but um, I really love to be able to have like help clients create the space for themselves. So I think obviously it's gonna be different for every person, but if they can feel safe and comfortable in it, I think that it definitely makes it a little bit easier to tackle something like a food rule that could have been a really big thing in their life. So yeah, that's great. Um, what I know you were talking a lot about journaling. I love that you have your clients really get curious and understand, you know, how they're feeling before and after, you know, they break their food rule. I, I love that. That's such a good um, deep dive into themselves and, and only they know what their, what their thoughts are and what their feelings are and, and all of that. Um, and this kind of just brings me up to the other, um, 
intuitive eating principle is the inner food police, right? You, we all have this inner diet talk, inner diet voice that yells at us if we feel like we're doing something wrong or rewards us if we're doing something good, keeps us in line, keeps us in check, right? And it could be hard too when you're breaking food rules, when this voice is just talking to you, right? And it's like telling you like, don't eat that pizza, don't do this, you know, it's gonna happen, da 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 da. Like it just, it's like your self-sabotage voice inside your head, right? So if this same client say like, really just this voice was just talking really loud to them and what would you tell them to help calm this voice or help them to reframe, you know, their inner food police? Yeah, great question. So I would say a couple of, things. The first one I would say, uh, continue to get curious and like, what does this voice sound like? Where did this voice come from? Because a lot of times our, our inner critic can be a combination of a lot of different things, right? Like maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was like the magazine you read as a teenager, whatever it may be. So it can be a combination of all of these things. And so I think as well, just kind of getting curious about like, okay, what is who does this voice sound like like what are they saying are they saying the same thing every time is it different um and then i always like to ask them to ask themselves like if some like if your inner voice is saying you can't have that or you shouldn't have that then respond back with who says who says that i can't have that like again was it a magazine was it a t like whoever it was like who actually says that and then also to ask too like is that true for me um, as well. And just kind of get curious, like, just because this person doesn't want to eat this or doesn't have this doesn't mean that that's true for me. So really trying to identify too, like, is this true for me? And the other thing that I love doing, cause I always love to hear like what my clients come up with is to name the diet culture voice and then figure out like a voice that's going to challenge that. Right. Like, so for me, my inner critic and especially my diet culture voice, her name is Karen. She's just really annoying. She is always like, are you sure? You know, like she's just, she's not cool, right? And so I challenge, whenever Karen starts talking, I challenge that with, um, I like to channel Gina from Brooklyn Nine-Nine because she's like kind of sassy and straightforward and whatnot. And so my voice to challenge that is very sassy, very straightforward and is like, Karen, are you sure? This is not okay. You know, like she, she talks back and she can challenge it. And so I have my clients do that as well. And it's really cool because some of them will come up with like a very calm talk back voice. That's like one of the, one of my clients, I think her talk back voice was named lamb or like, like very calm and soothing. And they'll have others who it's like very challenging, like very, like, don't step to me, don't talk to me, you know, kind of thing as well. So it's really fun to kind of hear how clients handle that. Um, and, and kind of have fun with that. And then the other thing that I say too, sometimes is helpful is to actually write out what that voice says and then write out a response to it as well. Cause sometimes when we can, we can verbalize it or we can write it down, we can see like, okay, like th this is silly. Like I shouldn't be listening to this voice or, or whatever it may be. And so I think it can be helpful as well to, again, to like write that down and then write the response that you would have as well. So. What are some, I guess, like good responses that you have found to be like very helpful for your clients? Yeah. So I really like to have my clients as often as possible, not, I don't say as often as possible, have at least one kind of comeback that's like, this is what I'm choosing, or this is what works best for me, or um, that's someone else's opinion. That's not what I think. So an example of like, let's say the pizza thing, like 
you can't have pizza on a weekday. It has to be a week night or, or, or a weekend. And so maybe a comeback would be like, you know, hey, Karen, that's really cool that you think that, but I actually really enjoy having pizza on a weekday and that's what I'm choosing to have right now. And you can either join me or you can go away, right? Or like something where it's like this, they're, they're owning their choice and what they're doing and they're telling that voice like, you don't get to choose for me. You don't get to pick for me kind of thing. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Like, no, you can either come with me or you can just like leave. Like you don't belong here. This is, this is not serving me anymore. You're not being helpful. You're not being a good friend. You can just, you can just not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that too is it can become really empowering because for so long we assume when we're in diet culture that like this voice is right. This voice knows what's up and I just have to follow along with what it says. And so like we've talked about before, like intuitive eating journey can be really tough. And so I think it's really important to be able to find those moments where it's like, Hey, like I'm doing this for me. Like I'm really proud of the choice that I'm making, even though it's different from what diet culture says, like I'm finding what's working for me and I'm going to own that because I'm I'm about what I want. Right. Like I want to be able to, to move forward in a positive way and, and out of diet culture and that means making choices that look different from what diet culture says and being able to own those choices and, and go confidently with those choices too. So I love that it's kind of like big picture. Like we're taking a step back, we're observing this voice yeah. and then having a comeback. I yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's so good. It's so it's like an empowering mo- a moment where you just kind of take that that control back in a sense, but not like to have control, but just to reframe that into a rational statement and to say, you know, this is what's serving me. This is what I want. And that's just so empowering. That's just like a a nice big win for yourself. It's just like, I get to decide what's right for me. I get to do this. It's not because someone else once told me or wherever I received this message is this is, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is my choice. This is my freedom. This is my journey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And kind of along the lines of that, one other thing that I will do sometimes with clients as well is, is have them come up with like a a, a preference. I don't remember what I call it. Kind of like a preference list of like, if I have a client who's come from a lot of, of food rules and feels like they kind of need a little bit of, of structure around that, like they don't want a rigid rule, but they want some kind of like, this is what I prefer. Like, this is what I prefer. This is what I eat kind of thing. I'll have them come up with a list of like, okay, what foods like do you actually enjoy? Like what foods do you want to eat when you're feeling, you know, if you're feeling sad or when you want to celebrate, like what foods do you like? And kind of come up with this list of like, these are actually the things that I really do enjoy. And like, sometimes they find that if they had, you know, maybe restricted a certain food or food group in the past, like now it's in their list of like, these are the things that I really enjoy. And sometimes they find that like, they've gone through the process of, of incorporating that food into their life again, and they've, they've made peace with it, but they just don't prefer it usually. And so I think that can help a little bit too, to be like, to just have this like list of like, Hey, this, this is what I'm about. And this is what I like. And even, you know, I've had clients who go out with friends or something and, and food that they hadn't eaten before they're eating now because it's on their list of like, this is what I enjoy. This is what I want to eat. This is what makes me happy too. So that that's kind of fun to see as well, what they, what they, put on that, on that list. So 
That's awesome. I, I like that list of, you know, what foods you actually enjoy because, you know, maybe people think that like, well, now I have to break every rule, try every food, but it's like, you know, it's whatever foods you want and whatever foods you like. And that, that's what that is. This is your experience. This is your, this is your food rules you're breaking. This is your, yeah. uh, your journey. So that, I think that's a really great idea to just write it out, look at it, you know, circle the foods you really like and you haven't had in a long time or, you know, I, I it makes me think of my one client that um, she was telling me how her mom makes the best fried chicken ever mm. and mac and cheese okay. and she just loves it and she was going to her parents for a birthday party and she was afraid to let herself have this but her mom just makes it the best and she hasn't let herself have it in, in so long and she loves it and it just like but she hasn't had it and it's a food she enjoys and it's comfort and it, it's memories and it's tradition and all those things. And it's yeah. to allow yourself that permission to have it and to break that food world, to challenge that inner, you know, diet talk, your inner uh, mean girl critic, whatever you want to call it. And just wow. have that food again. I think that is just that huge empowering win that you give yourself and, and get to eat the foods you enjoy again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's another thing too, that, diet culture kind of messes with our mind about is that like food is about experience as well like it's not just oh I have to do this because I, I need to eat to survive right like it's still about like enjoying the experience as well and as you were talking about your client I'm thinking about like you know my grandparents used to make all kinds of delicious soul food and stuff like that and like it was the experience of being around everyone. And, and I think another really cool thing of getting rid of food rules and challenging the inner food police is that like you get your experiences back or you get to fully enjoy them for the first time, maybe in a while, like in a long time. Like I remember I had a Christmas dinner where I made my own food because I, I didn't give myself permission to have anything else that my family had, right? And so I missed out on delicious food that we had for Christmas. And so it took a couple of years you know, kind of getting rid of food rules and all of that to be able to be like, finally, I get to enjoy this again. And so I think that's another really fun, like you said, it's a really fun win and, and experience to be able to, to get all of that back. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's and the holidays are, you know, coming up and getting yourself in that place where you're allowing yourself to have the foods that you enjoy that maybe it's once a year or, you know, in this, you know, everything with go everything that's going on in the pandemic, it's like people you haven't seen in so long, but they, you know, make your favorite food and allowing yourself to, to be present and enjoy and create new memories and, you know, experiences with these, you know, this is your time. This is, I think that's so liberating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Think of like just how much you'll be able to actually enjoy the experience when you're not consumed with guilt or shame after eating these foods, you can actually just eat them, enjoy it, and then move on the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and not just be like overwhelmed after. Yeah, for sure. And I think even like leading up to it as well, like mm-hmm. all the time we spend stressing out about leading up to the event, like that's gone as well. And it's just, I think it frees up a lot of brain space for you to be able to do cool things in your life, right? If you're not always thinking about food rules or talking back to the food police or, or any of that. And again, I think it just comes back to like, it's still hard work to do, but like, if you can get your life back, if you can free up that brain space, if you can do all of that stuff, like it's worth it. It's worth Mm -hmm. it, even though it's tough, even though it's tough work. So 
Yeah, I know with my clients, we always talk about how at the beginning, you're going to be a lot, you're going to be like pretty anxious, stressful. It's like goes up and then it'll come back down and you'll be like, wow, I missed out on so much of my life because I was consumed with food thoughts and thoughts about my body and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's it's always cool. I always have clients do kind of like an end of program, you know, recap of of how things went and whatnot. And I had one client pretty recently say that like, she takes this, it might be like a yearly trip or something um, with French to this brewery. And she, this time that she went, she like really got to enjoy herself and like experience it and have a lot of fun. Um, and she, she was looking back on her last year and she was like, that didn't happen last year. Right. And even within the 12 weeks that we worked together, she was able to make some shifts and to see those changes already so that she could enjoy that trip as well too. So I, I'm completely with you that I think that it's, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, but definitely a strong anxiety at the beginning and then and then just kind of evens out towards the end once you kind of figure some things out. So Oh yeah. Yeah. And everyone's journey is, is so different, right? Like maybe people at the end of the 12 weeks are just getting to break their food rules because they're just they have to do the inner work and kind of feel a little more comfortable with letting themselves eat these foods or really, you know, I guess calm down that inner that inner diet the diet talk. It's not just, you know, in 12 weeks, you're going to break all your food rules and, you know, you're moving on. It's, this is a journey. This is an experience. It's not just, you know, a quick fix and um, you're done. So I think that is, you know, so true. It's whatever that looks like for you and, and take your steps that you need to take to get to that point. And there's no fast track. There's no, you know, guaranteed results. It's just very personalized. And I think that's really important that you, you, you touched on that. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's cool. I mean, I'm sure you ladies also kind of get this with your clients as well. It's, it's fun to, to be part of that journey that they go on because you're right. Like, and I always tell my clients as well, like not, not, not everything is going to be fixed at the end of the 12 weeks. Right. But like, it's part of it. They get, they get the tools that they need to be able to continue to, to make positive changes, um, to work on their relationship with, you know, with their food, their body, with exercise and stuff like that too. But, um, I also think it's really cool just to see, the change that people can make in the time, even if it's a short time, like, you know, just 12 weeks we're working together um, to see what kind of change that they can make if they're willing to, if they're open to it and whatnot, which I think is really, really cool. I think that's what makes this work so fulfilling because you really get to see people just become their like best self, like their most happiest self because they're truly, they can actually enjoy life again. And it's, it's so satisfying. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if it's like this for you ladies as well, but I, like when I start working with a client, it's like, you can, you can see the progress that they're going to make. Like you can mm-hmm. see like what they're willing to do and the progress, even if they don't necessarily like believe it yet. Or like, even if, you know, two or three weeks in, they have like a really tough week. Like I feel like as the coach, like I can always see their progress. And then it's really cool when they kind of recognize things and they can see it and they like, they notice their changes as well. That's also really a really fun part that I love too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Absolutely. You get to be part of their journey. And, and that I think is, it's so rewarding just to help and, and to be there and to be that support system for, for somebody else. Cause you know, not everyone gets to have that person there alongside with them when they go through this journey. So I think that is just like, you're kind of like your cheerleader along the way. You're like, I know you could do it. And then when they do it, you're like, I told you, you did it. It was awesome. Yeah. You're welcome. No, <laughs> but like, it's, it's yes. just, it is, it's, it's such a, a positive, rewarding experience. Hard, definitely hard. I'm not going to downplay that, but it, it is, 
it is worth it when you do get those, those wins and yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, Jen, I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, food rules and, um, Erin, our food police, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today that you want to share or touch on? That's a good question. Um, I would just say kind of if you're in the middle of intuitive eating journey or if you're feeling like this is really hard, this is really tough, I kind of don't know, you know what to do, I would say one, find a coach. Um, I think that is huge. I definitely kind of went through figuring all of this out on my own. And while it can be done, if you can work with a coach, it helps the process and you so much more than you think that it will. So I would say that for sure. What else? I love, I love that you said about a coach. I think it's really important that you kind of give yourself that, that edge or that benefit because you've, it's such a self-sabotaging experience when you go through it alone, where you question everything and you feel like what you're doing maybe isn't right or wrong. And maybe, you know, you have those uncomfortable days and you don't know how to you know, navigate those emotions or how you're feeling and you know, having the tools. It's, it's not, it doesn't give you all of the tools that you need to get through intuitive eating, right? Like the yeah. emotional and mental part of it. And I think that is really helpful to have a coach in your back pocket to go to and reflect on. And also, so you don't feel alone, you know, it's, it helps to know that while the whole world is, it feels like they're dieting and losing weight. And, you know, that seems like the, you know, the win or the success, but it's not, you're doing what is mm-hmm. going to be successful for you and, and, and the freedom that you're, that you're getting, but it, it is such a self-sabotaging relationship at times where you're just like, Oh, I should just, I I need to fix my body. This is not right. I'm doing this wrong. You know, it's, it's getting out of that mindset and having a coach there is, is so helpful because it just Mm -hmm. reframes and and refocuses your journey and brings you back and helps you to feel those feelings heal, you know, whatever that is, whatever triggered you and just to keep moving forward. I mean, it's not linear. This is not just a quick, you know, uphill battle. This is easy. You're just going to get to intuitive eating in 90 days, you're going to be fine. It's like, there's, it's a roller coaster up and down and, you know, one step forward, five steps back some weeks. And it's just having someone there as your cheerleader and your support system and someone who gets it and has been through there. And I think that is so important. And I wish I had one too. I wish I, you know, I had somebody in my, you know, on my team, on my side, when this is, um, when I was starting my journey too, because, it, you definitely don't get those coping mechanisms at the beginning or understand how to use them or when they're, you know, when they're important to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all yes to all of that. You can see me here nodding. Yeah. I think for sure the alone, like not feeling alone, I think is huge. And then I think also too, just learning how to make sense of the tools, right? Like the intuitive eating book is great. Like there's a lot of books out there on intuitive eating, a lot of amazing podcasts. There's a lot of like amazing dietitians and, and all of that too. But it's almost like, how do we fit the pieces together? Like for me, or like, how long do I spend on a principle? What happens if this, you know, what do I do if this happens while well, I'm working through this principle? And so I think it can, you're right. I can think it'd be so helpful to, to just have that coach and to have a sounding board to have someone to talk to. I think almost every single client that I work with has been like, it's just nice to not feel alone. And just to have somebody to talk to about this because you know, maybe their partner doesn't get it or, you know, maybe their friends are still in diet culture. And so um, you're right. I think just having somebody else kind of in your corner, cheering you on, supporting you, challenging you, I think is also really important as well. 
can can again make your make your journey a little bit better and I think in some ways help you get to where you would like to be with your relationship with food and your body and exercise perhaps a little bit quicker than it would have been if you were just trying to piece things together on your own. And I think it's important to think of a coach as like an investment in yourself. Like you are investing in yourself, in your happiness, in your relationship with food. And when you switch that kind of thought process as an, an, as an investment, instead of just like, I'm spending money on this coach, it really kind of makes the process more about you and about like elevating you as a person. Yeah, I love definitely, that. Definitely. And I feel like too, I mean, obviously like coaches were not necessarily cheap either. So like looking at it as an investment in yourself, I think is huge and really important and can definitely make that mindset shift that you need to, to really dive into some of the hard work too. Yeah. You're kind of just saying, you know, I know this is going to be hard and paying it you know, to yourself in a way that this is what I need to do to get to this point. And this is, you know, the steps I'm taking, it's uncomfortable. You may feel nervous. You may feel unsure. This is right for you, but it's, you know, that if you're at that point and making this decision that you, there's something inside of you telling you that you I mean, there's never a point that you're actually like ready. Like life is perfect. I'm at this point, you know, there's, it, this is clear path, you know, forward. It's like, you just have those instincts inside of you that this is something you've been thinking about it for a while or doing your own research. And you're just like, now is the time I needed. I just, I need to do it. I just need to do it. Maybe it's not perfect, but I just need to do it and do it for yourself because this is your this is your life. This is your journey. This is, you know, are you fed up with dieting and tracking calories and, you know, feeling bad about your, your body every single day and comparing yourself to others? Or, you know, like at what point do you feel like it's enough? I can't, I can't keep, you know, living this way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause you're right. I don't think there's ever necessarily a perfect time. Um, it's just like, it, it, it's almost like I'm ready for it. I'm ready to, to dive in and, and to do it and, and whatnot too. So. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I really love everything you shared today, Jen. It was really helpful and that to just walk us through that breaking food rule process and challenging, you know, your inner, your inner mean girl. I always think of Karen now. You're going to make me think of Karen every time I think of (laughs) my inner uh, food police. And can you tell us just a little bit about like where we get, people can find you and um, a little bit more about just kind of what, like, what, what do you hope to see in the, in the space of intuitive eating and where do you, where do you want to continue to promote your, uh, your message, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can find me mostly on Instagram these days at Jen Elliott Wellness. And um, I want to say what I, what I would love to see is it's just more women embracing intuitive eating and learning to respect and accept their body and finding just joyful, intuitive movement. I think, um, I think it's hard all the time, just living in diet culture. I think definitely the pandemic has made it a little bit more difficult as well. And especially I know at the beginning of it, there were a lot of different diet culture messages that were probably not very, very helpful, but um, I'd say I would love to just see more women embracing intuitive eating, finding what works for them and really being willing to like dig deep, dig deep and to do some of the hard work because I feel like 
so much awesome goodness comes if you're willing to do the, to do the hard work. So um, I have a 12 week program that I work with uh, women that I work them through that is kind of always having ruined enrollment and is always ready for ladies that are ready to, to dig deep and to, to change the relationship with their body and exercise and food. And then I would love to see more as well on just body diversity and size diversity and just learning more about, about body respect and body acceptance. I feel like there's definitely a movement going on right now. And it's, it's always, I think, really helpful to learn from so many different from a lot of different women, different size bodies, different shapes, like all of that stuff as well. And so I would love to continue to see more of that. And I'm, I'm ready to learn more about that as well too. So. Yeah, I love that. Well, Jen, it was so nice to have you. Thank you so much for this conversation. I think the listeners will really enjoy it. So. Thank you. I was super excited to be here. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you liked this episode, please um, go down below and give us a rating and a comment. We would love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Self Love Hour Podcast. Okay. Thank you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.